I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 83, in which we talk with Karen Lee Carter, and I'm recording at least this part of this podcast on Wednesday, March 14th, 2012. Um, I haven't entirely had all of my coffee yet this morning. I'm recording this earlier in the morning than I typically do, uh, so I'm hoping I can put two coherent sentences together. However, I wanted to make sure I got this posted today, and I'm going to be out and about the rest of the day, so... Here we go. I want to start out, as always, by saying thank you so much to all of you for listening to this podcast. I always appreciate it. Um, Got a couple of new iTunes reviews. Appreciate those as well. I'm not going to be doing any listener feedback on this episode or really much of a Sandy update because it's really only been a couple of days since I posted my last episode. Um, So I'm going to wait until next week and catch up and give you all some time to talk to me. Um, That being said, those people who have already commented, I do really appreciate it. I just have a couple of announcements to make to start out, and then we're going to get right into the episode. First of all, for any of you who might be new listeners to the podcast and may have just found me in the iTunes store, my logo has mysteriously disappeared. Normally, I have a, a nice little picture going with my podcast, but it's gone. Somewhere between the iTunes software update that happened in the last few days and Podbean, which is my podcast host service, they also did a schedule maintenance at about the same time. Somewhere between the two, my logo disappeared, and I've been emailing back and forth with both iTunes tech support, which frankly leaves an awful lot to be desired, and uh, Podbean tech support, which is ever so much more helpful. They got back to me right away, and it was a real human being. I didn't just get the script that completely ignored all the stuff I said was wrong in the first place, but I'm sorry, I won't get off on a rant about iTunes tech support. Those people drive me crazy. Um, But anyway, um, I'm hoping to have my logo reinstated sometime soon. I like my logo. It's pretty. It's much better than that generic logo that's there now. So in any case, uh, never fear. There is a logo, and someday it will come back home to roost. Uh, A quick announcement about this weekend. Big events happening on Saturday. I know you probably all think it's St. Patrick's Day, but the reality is it's really National Quilting Day. Um, You can always get your Irish on while you're sewing. So Saturday, March 17th, is National Quilting Day, and Seamed Up is hosting a big Twitter party, um, a sew-in, hashtag NQDSI, I believe. Uh, but if you go to their website, seamedup.com, you'll find all sorts of information on their blog about everything that's going on on Saturday. So I hope you'll join that. And related to that, they are inviting bloggers to host their own giveaways during to celebrate National Quilting Day. And I am one of those bloggers. So uh, you can either check my blog. My giveaway is already posted and up and running. Although if you go straight to my blog, you'll have to scroll down, you know, depending on when you check this two or three postings because I am still posting. But if you go to the Seamed Up website, at the bottom of their blog, they have a place for bloggers who are hosting their own giveaways to link up. So you'll find all the bloggers there. And I'm pleased to say I was apparently the first one to post. I'm right at the top of the list, or at least I was when I looked last. So go to seamedup.com, check out all the very many ways you can win fun goodies to celebrate National Quilting Day. 
Okay, and at the end of this podcast, I will also have another giveaway to announce that is unrelated to National Quilting Day. However, let's get into the content of this episode. Remember, I said this was episode 83, in which we talk with Karen Lee Carter, so we're going to move on and talk with Karen Lee Carter. Karen is a longtime listener to the show, and I had really hoped to take a class from her when I attended the Mid-Atlantic Quilt Show in um, the Mid-Atlantic Quilt Festival in Hampton, Virginia, this past February, but I delayed. I waited too long to register, and I couldn't get into her class. It closed out. But we were still able to meet. She was gracious enough to take the time out of her really fairly intensely busy teaching schedule in order to have some conversation with me. And I'm really, really glad to be able to share that conversation with you now. Uh, We talked about how she got into quilt making and teaching. We talked about her approach to quilt making and to teaching. Uh, But mostly what I walked away from that conversation with was a real appreciation for her very powerful personal story, her testimony that encourages all of us not to wait to do the things that we dream about doing. So without any further ado, I offer you the conversation. I am sitting here at the Mid-Atlantic Quilt Festival talking with Karen Lee Carter, and you are a quilt teacher. Why don't you give a little bit of your background? Okay, I'd be happy to, Sandy. I have sewn my whole life, had a lifelong just love of fabric and sewing, but um, you know, I uh, sewed as a youngster, but then didn't sew for quite a while. When I uh, was first married, I bought a Sears Kenmore, got back into doing the home deck projects when we had children. I loved doing all the Halloween costumes, or I loved sewing something for myself, you know, for a special event or occasion. But I had a, I had three children. I had a, an important job. And so the sewing was always something that I knew I loved, and I was going to do that someday. Mm. Someday when I had some more time. That was something that I, loved, I wanted to do. And when I turned about 40, I started having a little bit of a midlife crisis. Uh, it, but it was a very nice, carefully planned midlife <laughs> crisis because this is how I do things, you right. know. So um, I left my job, and I had decided that I really wanted to do something with my hands and be creative and wanted to bring a more artful approach to all the skills that I had learned in the business world. And so I began um, taking classes and kind of looking for what was I going to do for this second part uh, of of my life. And within weeks of my 40th birthday, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, that wasn't part of my little plan. Mm. I all of a sudden, you know, I was faced with a true crisis, and um, I believe that my immediate reaction was to resolve to do all those things that I was going to do someday. Mm-hmm. I just really felt it was really important at that point in time. Why am I waiting? Mm-hmm. What if I don't have that someday? I need to to do those things now. Right. And it was a great choice for me to make because I began learning how to quilt when I was going through chemotherapy. Hmm. And so that was my therapy. It really was. And I, if there was a day I didn't feel well enough to leave the house or if I just didn't want to see anybody, I was there with my sewing machine at the dining room table and it required intense concentration because even though I had sewed, I quarter inch seam. I, just, <laughs> I, 
I thought, oh my goodness, and then I was talking to the machine, get in the ditch, get in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was obsessed, but it was a good kind of obsession. Mm -hmm. It really was. And So quilting became, like you said, your therapy and your healing and your comfort. It was part of my comfort. therapy, and it was probably the best therapy. And, you mm. know, I immediately made a quilt for for each of my children and for my husband. And now, of course, 15 years later, I look back and say, well, of course, you know, I, I wanted to leave something of me with them, right. obviously. That was my intent in doing all that. But isn't it wonderful that here we are 15 years right. later, and I um, am totally cancer-free. Wonderful. And encouraging women of all ages not to wait to mm. someday. Mm -hmm. to do those things that please you, that make you happy, that you want to do, to make time to do them today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What a wonderfully encouraging and uh, powerful testimony, your walking testimony, really. I, I, I hope to be. Yeah. I, I do. I hope to be. Yeah. So the type of quilting you do now mm -hmm. is, um, it is more art quilting, I would say than traditional, although I'm looking around the room at your uh, wall hangings that you have here, samples for the class, and there's a lot of traditional elements in there, but you turn them on their head a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. So what led you in that direction? Well, what I um, began doing shortly after I learned how to quilt is I did make that my vocation, and I was making quilts on, on a commission basis. They were custom quilts on a one-on-one -on -one basis for customers. I at first was doing it through a shop. Mm -hmm. and um, later on just branched out on my own. And so my work was to create quilts that for my customers that pleased them according to their aesthetic or for their occasion, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, for a grandchild, a certain theme, they, they would choose the fabric. So although I was doing what I loved, it wasn't always what I would, you know, dream about mm -hmm. doing. So I was doing maybe a t-shirt quilt but dreaming about what I could do on my own. So I would do the commission work during the day. At night, I would go into the studio and I began playing hmm. and became an art quilter, really, hmm. because I really, you know, where I couldn't be totally creative in my work. You let it all hang I out. It all started <laughs> coming up, which, and it was, and it was wonderful. And, and it's hard to believe that I would be in the studio all day and then go back at night. But really, that's how much I really, I love uh, what, I, what I was doing. And so when I began to exhibit my work, I, I sent it to shows, and I began uh, exhibiting my work locally in Virginia Beach. And then that brought requests for me to teach. Mm. So I don't do the commission work anymore, although I'm grateful for each and every one of those jobs and each and one of every one of those quilts because I got to be a part of somebody's story. Mm. You know, every every quilt was for a wedding or a 90th birthday mm -hmm. or a birth of a new grandchild. And I, it was really an honor to be part of that whole process for people. And, and they were truly grateful. Hmm. Did you find, as you were doing some of these commission quilts, were you learning from, like, if, if a customer chose fabrics that you weren't entirely sure about, but you had to then make it work. I mean, right. how, how did that contribute to your own learning process as oh, well? Oh, it did immensely. It did immensely. And, of course, um, the first thing that I always, you know, was anxious to tell people 
that, oh, yes, I can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. sometimes I had to go figure out, well, okay, how am I going to do that? that? <laughs> but that was good. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it stretches you. It stretches you. Um, and I have to say, too, that I um, learned the more I did the commission work, the fewer choices I I often gave <laughs> my <laughs> customers because right. I became more confident in what I thought mm-hmm. they would be pleased with. And um, I was able to help and guide them. I felt more towards the end of doing that. Mm-hmm. Then at the beginning, of course, I was willing to do anything and then go home and figure out how to do it. Right. So, yes, it honed my skills tremendous, tremendously, I think. Okay. Absolutely. So once you began being asked to teach, what were some of the first things that you found yourself teaching? Um, the class I taught here today at Mid-Atlantic Quilt Festival, okay. Wildflowers, was one of my very first classes I taught. It's dimensional flowers and leaves, and um, I just love making these flowers and leaves. So it was Hmm. one of the first things I wanted to share with students. Okay. Before we get into talking about that specifically, Mm -hmm. how long then have you been teaching altogether? About five years. About five years. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any change in trends or things that, I mean... What have you witnessed out there in the teaching world that may have changed from five years ago to today, or or any currents or anything that you've seen? Oh wow, that's a that's a good that's a good question. Well, I do know I I, I feel like our students are very busy people, and there, I have seen a trend to students wanting to have a kit, hmm. okay. have have things all prepared for them. You know, it can be kind of daunting to get a big supply list and then Mm -hmm. have to find all those things. So I do see very much a trend towards being able to have a kit. There is a little bit of a trend, I believe, towards learning a technique, technique technique-based classes Mm -hmm. rather than just project-based. I do think Mm -hmm. there are more um, uh, quilters now that are feeling kind of freer to be able to do a little bit of their own thing, but Mm -hmm. they need that good basic support of a technique. Okay. And also, you know, I, I we're busy people, and the UFOs begin to pile up. <laughs> and so that's one thing I hear from students. You know, they don't want another UFO. So right. if the class can be something, you know, small and mm-hmm. accomplishable, that I think that that that, that okay. helps. I know I was supposed to, uh, well, I was planning on taking your class and missed registration and, and was not able to, which was, as I said, great for you, not so great for me. <laughs> um, and, and there was some prep work. And also, I actually had problems finding just one item my local store didn't carry. Right. So I was hoping to buy it for from you when right. I got here. So I can certainly see, you know, there was part of me that thought, well, it would be easy to just go in and get a kit. But I had the time, so I did mm-hmm. do it myself. So I can right. certainly understand that, yeah. that need. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the the whole technique versus project thing. When mm-hmm. when somebody takes this workshop from you, mm-hmm. they're not going to get a pattern and here's what you do and and by the end of it you'll have this completed wall hanging. They're learning a technique. So do you want to talk about that a little right. bit? Right. Well, all of my classes tend to be technique based. So, um, I am teaching my students tips, techniques, and we already talked about Product, that can be so important. I mm-hmm. mean, just having the right tool, the right thread, the right stabilizer can make all the difference in the world. And the reason I know what that is is because I've tried them all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's really a learn from my failures, mm-hmm. learn, learn from my disappointments. And um, I, I'm pretty specific about products that I use only because 
I um, find them reliable, mm-hmm. and um, and I I know people don't want to have to waste time. You know, just tell me what I what I need to do, right. and, and 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 then I can then I can do it. Mm-hmm. So. I know in the past when I've taken a class, if the you know I get something where the teacher wants X, and I have said, well, I'll just use this other thing, mm-hmm. and you're right, often it doesn't work. You know, I don't get yeah. the results that I'd like. So yeah, so it is important then to to kind of pay attention to what the teacher is saying. They yeah. really. Right. Well, you're 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 benefiting from their experience. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes, that I feel like that. So let's talk about the the class you were teaching here is is wildflowers, dimensional wildflowers. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you want to share about that technique, that process? Okay. Well, I um, spent a couple of weeks at one point at Ghost Ranch in Abiquiu, New Mexico, which is a beautiful place. That's mm-hmm. where Georgia O'Keeffe. It's in the desert, and that's where Georgia O'Keeffe did much of her painting, very highly inspirational place. And while I was there that week, the Choya cactus were blooming, which doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. And they were gorgeous. It was breathtaking, these beautiful pink flowers and mm-hmm. blooms. And I took lots of photos and resolved, I am going to go back and make a Choya cactus quilt. And I struggled getting those flowers to pop like I wanted them to. I wanted them to come to life and I was piecing them and I was not happy. So it was early on in my art quilting career and I decided if I wanted them to be dimensional, maybe they had to be dimensional. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lack of skills that caused me to make flowers and each flower was like a little quilt. Mm-hmm. It had batting in it. It had a backing. I made these flowers, and then I sewed them onto that cactus, and then they came to life. Mm. So um, I like to say that I was cheating at that point in time, <laughs> and if I ever write a book, maybe my first book will be Art Quilts for Cheaters because that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did. In, and if you'd like to see that quilt, and if listeners would like to see that quilt, it is on my website. It's called In Full Bloom, and that's what started it all for mm-hmm. me in terms of making the dimensional flowers and, and leaves. And as you can see, I haven't stopped no. <laughs> <laughs> since. So I really enjoy creating these flowers that are separate, little, little embellishments, and um, then they get added onto the quilt at a later point. So, so they are totally different Mm -hmm. it's not something that you see done a lot but it pleases me I I really like working that way Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a quilt in the in the show here in instructors row it's called Arbol de la Vida or Tree of Life and it is a much bigger scale quilt and that is also on my website but I've used very big dimensional flowers and mm-hmm. leaves on that quilt. So they keep reoccurring and reappearing in, in my pieces. And I find what my, my students really take joy out of learning how to create them. And um, they may end up completing a wall hanging from what they learned today. I certainly gave them instructions to, should they want to, but they may want to put their flowers on a jacket. Mm-hmm. They may want to put them on a handbag or this may have just set a spark in them for their quilt for their guild challenge right. or some or you know something that they're ready to do. 
something different. There's a lot of possibilities. As I look around the room, um, you have most of the ones I'm seeing, at least up here, up front, are are more funky. Um, yes. You know, kind of have that more modern feel to them. Mm. But I've also, I mean, the one in the back, the poinsettias one, mm -hmm. definitely feels a little more traditional with mm -hmm. a twist. So they can really be across the board yes. applicable. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And my look or taste tends to be a little bit kind of primitive, mod, funky, but it really is a matter of what fabrics you choose and what embellishments you use. And, and of course, once my students understand that when they get in here, oh, then it's really wonderful. At the end of class, we had flowers that everyone had made. We had a, a garden. Hmm. So I'll put that on the Facebook page, and you all will, will be able to see Wonderful. the variety in styles and, and textures and colors. That I'll try not to be sad that my flower wasn't in there because <laughs> I couldn't make it into the class. Well, I hope to, to have you in class sometime <laughs> in the future. It really would be wonderful. Well, I know that part of when I wanted to sign up for this class, I have a quilt in my head. Well, it, it's actually partially in process. But it's a quilt that's been evolving, and one of the things I kept thinking is, darn, if only I could figure out how to make a dimensional flower to put on this. Right. <laughs> and then yeah. your workshop came along. Well, said, great. Yes. So, Wonderful. Now, so you do not, as we discussed before we started actually recording, you don't actually, you said you have one pattern mm -hmm. on your website, but mm -hmm. really you, you don't head in that direction much. Um, I don't. Um, my classes are technique-based, so my students will learn the technique, and then I encourage them to put their own take or twist on the project. Now, I do give, I give them templates, and I give them complete instructions, and they always can go home and finish a quilt that looks very much like the sample, but it kind of makes my heart sing <laughs> when they go their own way, and, and, and that's part of my job, I think. Mm -hmm is to encourage them to create the piece that they're needing to create. Mm. So I never take offense if somebody goes their own way. In fact, I cheer them on. And I also find that because we have a creative atmosphere in the classroom, discoveries get made. I've taught this class, I cannot tell you how many times. Today, somebody sitting in the back said, Karen, have you ever tried this? And she came up with something wonderful, and I've never thought of it, never tried it. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, then, your class becomes a collaborative exercise <laughs> as it goes along. Well, yes. And, and one thing about my work is that I do a lot of embellishing. I teach a lot of embellishing techniques. So I know that someone belongs in my class when they come in and they have their containers <laughs> <laughs> of embellishments <laughs> because they have these things. They've bought them because they love them. And guess what? Now they're actually going to be able to use mm -hmm. them. So what, what also happens is we do a lot of trading in class, which is fun, and sharing and deciding, oh, this would look great on your flowers. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's fun, too. It's very and then fun. they go downstairs to the vendors, and they find more embellishments. Absolutely. <laughs> and they come back from lunch, and they've gotten more wonderful things. And so my students always get an A in embellishment acquisition. <laughs> I've never had a student fail me in that. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Um, and you said a lot of times you will get pictures from students later of their completed projects uh, after the class. That's the best part to me. The very best part is knowing that a student has completed their quilt and that they love it, mm -hmm. or they've given it as a gift, or they put it up for auction, or they see it every day in their bathroom and it makes them happy. So I have always offered my students a reward. If 
I want to see that finished quilt. Now, if they're local, they'll bring it to Guild, or they'll, or they'll bring it to the, one of the shops where I teach. But if you email me a photo, then I send you a reward because I want to encourage you then to go ahead and I send you a little embellishment for your next piece or to go in your <laughs> stash that you're now building. Right. <laughs> and you said you post some of those on the Facebook page yeah, as well. Yes, the Facebook page is a great place to see student work. I am so pleased to have that for that purpose because they really, my students are the best advertisements for my class mm -hmm. because what they do is really inspirational. Wonderful. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned to me as we were getting ready for the interview that you're not actually trained as an artist in any way. So no, you, I'm you, not. How did you find, how do you learn your techniques? How do you find continued inspiration and continued learning yourself? Right, well, and I, I, and I think it's important that we always continue to learn. And I continue to take classes myself. I um, like to, when I have time to create on my own, play around, you know, mm -hmm. have play days where I'm, I've got a new product or something that I'm, that I'm playing with. I think we never stop learning. But I do think in the art quilt world now, there are many really talented artists that they're coming at this from an art, art background. And I'm really coming, coming to art quilting as someone who loves to sew and someone who loves embellishments. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, my, as I said earlier, my work tends to be kind of fun, mod, um, almost primitive, but that's okay mm -hmm. because that's what's in, that's what where my, um, that's what makes my heart sing and, and that's what comes out of my studio mm -hmm. the best. So I'm not gonna be frustrated that I am not a, a wonderful painter maybe I will paint fabric, but it's going to be fun in my own way. Mm -hmm. So I just approach it that way. Hmm. Have you found, are there any resources that you tend to find yourself going back to again and again as reference um, or learning materials or anything that you would recommend to people? Oh, that's a great question. Well, you know, there are so many products and t techniques right now, and I always appreciate a how-to for Angelina Fivers, mm. you know, or or how do you how do you make your own stamp? What what paint should you use if you want to stencil that kind mm -hmm. of thing? So I'm always looking for uh, information like that. I I um, for my own personal um, expansion now I've kind of declared this my year of surface design. So I'm going to be exploring that more and actually teaching that more. So I'm always looking for references that are that are good for that. Um, there is a book that I, I, because creativity is important to me too, there are a couple of books that if I should suggest anything, I would suggest those. Um, Lyric Kennard has written a wonderful book art mm -hmm. plus quilt, mm -hmm. and I think that um, her book is great. I'd recommend that one. There is a book now uh, that is instructional on all the embellishing techniques. I believe it is called The Book of Embellishing, by, and there were four or five women that have put that book together. Okay. We'll find the title for you, but I think that's a wonderful book. And I have even found most inspirational just books on creativity. Mm -hmm. I know um, I'm a 
listener and huge fan of, <laughs> of your show, Sandy. And I know <laughs> I've you. heard you mention that at one point you had read The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. I'm working my way through that right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, mm. that, that really is my basic that I always go back to, mm. is um, getting in touch with who I am, what am I here to do, mm-hmm. and, what am, and what am I here to uh, create today. I think that's so interesting, and and I think back to your own story as a breast cancer survivor, that part of your whole process was finding your own voice in that. And I think so many times we get locked into our heads about, oh, to be an art quilter, my arts must look like X, when the reality is they look like whatever you need to put out into the world. Yeah, that's my responsibility, right, to do my work, Mm -hmm. right, yeah, yeah, and it it makes me happy, Mm -hmm. and and it brings me joy. And I will say I've been really impressed by the um, high proportion of vendors here selling more of those surface embellishment type. Yes. There isn't a lot of the embellishment, embellishment, you know, the beads and that kind of thing, right. but there's a lot of the inks and the paints and Absolutely. the stamps. And just really, I've, I've done some damage <laughs> in that respect. Well, good. Boy, I'm behind you on that. As I said, I've, for myself, I've declared this the year of surface design. And, um, you know, I approach it as play. Mm-hmm. And, and that does keep you fresh, though. I um, like to do events for my students because I love to see what happens when they come together. Mm-hmm. And we do that a couple of times a year. And, of course, show and tell. We have to have show and tell. But I, I try to do a couple of events a year. And in January, my students came and we dyed silk scarves. Mm using color hue dyes, which is very simple, easy process, and anyone who had ever taken a class from me at any time came and dyed a scarf for free because I want to try these things. <laughs> <laughs> and so we all did it together. And that way you get to see a whole lot more results than what you could have come up with in the oh, same amount of yes. time. yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Mm. And there's probably pictures of that on the Facebook page as well. But um, I, I love just playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really is play. As long as you get yourself over the idea of, oh, I'm going to ruin this piece of fabric, right. it's not ruining because you've still learned something from that right. process. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I've been, I have been hand dyeing. I brought to the show for the first time some of my hand dyed lace and silk ribbon and rayon ribbon to mm. um, be able to offer to my students to add to their projects. And um, that really re-inspires me when mm. I get to do something a little bit new, but yeah. that's still very much related to my work. Right, wonderful. What else would you like people to know? Well, I would like people to know that it is important to make time to do the thing that you love, whatever that is. For me, it's sewing and creating, and for someone else, it might be cooking or or painting, you know, what, whatever it is that you love doing, allow yourself to do that. I give you permission. In fact, I encourage you to mm-hmm. do those things. Mm. Wonderful. We will be posting links, obviously. Do you want to say what your website is now for? We'll, we'll post the link. We'll post the link, yeah, because yeah, it's not an Facebook, easily rememberable right, one. And the, and the Facebook page as okay. well. And we'll also post links to the books that you've mentioned. You'll get me the title of the other one. I'll be happy to. And we'll make sure that people have that in the show notes as well. Okay, fantastic. 
Well, I'm sorry I couldn't make it in your class, but I Hi, still I have all my stuff ready, so hopefully I will be able to uh, still go ahead and, and learn the technique. And I'm excited. It's it's beautiful. Um, I hope I will also take a picture of you somewhere so okay, that we can great. post that with the show well, notes. Maybe and we'll, we can get someone to take take our picture together. I'd like that today. <laughs> right. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And and before we sign off, I just want to say to you, Sandy, that I have been a listener of your program since day one. Wow. So you heard all the really bad ones? <laughs> no, no. Listen, I can't tell you how wonderful it is to feel, to hear your voice and feel like I have a friend. And there are a lot of podcast shows and a lot of quilting podcast shows. And it's really great, the community that mm-hmm. you all are building. And the information that you're providing, I listen because I feel like I'm I'm part of the quilt world, even on days when I'm driving in my car <laughs> or when I have to be in the studio, and I really always learn something. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you and all your fellow podcasters for creating this wonderful community. I really enjoy being able to listen. Well, thank you very much, Karen. And unfortunately, you're teaching tomorrow, so you probably won't quite be able to connect with I our meetup. I'm going to try to make it to this meetup, <laughs> and I know I'm going to hear all about it. So, <laughs> if we don't get tornadoed out, yeah. we've got some tornado watches going yeah. on right now, but it should yeah. be fine tomorrow. Yeah. So. I will be there in spirit if I don't get there. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time, too, Karen. I appreciate it. Thanks again for taking the time, Karen, to sit down and talk with me. It's always fun to meet a listener, first of all, but I really enjoyed our conversation, and you gave me an awful lot to think about, and I still plan on doing those flowers, even though I didn't get into your class. Now, listeners, you may remember that Karen mentioned that she has started doing some hand-dyeing of lace and ribbons, and she has given me some to give away. I've got a package of hand-dyed lace and two different types of ribbon, And they are all wonderful springy colors. They're kind of greens and pinks and turquoises. Um, And they actually uh, more or less color coordinate with each other. That doesn't mean you'd have to use them all on the same project. In addition, she has also offered the one and only pattern that she has designed, which is a pattern for fabric photo frames. So one person will get all of these wonderful things. Anyone who leaves a comment on this episode, and it has to be on the show notes to this episode, because otherwise I won't be able to track it, given that I have other um, giveaways going on. Anybody who leaves a comment on the show notes to this episode will be entered into the drawing. There will be one person who gets to win all of this fun stuff. And all of your comments to enter into this drawing must be left by March 31st. I will do the drawing on April 1st. So just leave a comment. I don't care what you say. It would be great if you could uh, say something related to the episode. But I'm not even going to worry about that too much. And um, just leave your comment at the show notes to this episode. And you can find those at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And again, this is episode number 83. So even if I've posted an episode after this, you need to remember to go back and find episode 83 and leave your comment on the show notes to this episode by March 31st to be entered into that drawing. And these are beautiful. They've been sitting on my um, computer desk since I got home and I've been eyeing them. And, you know, I guess I will have to give them away. They're very pretty. (laughs) So make sure that you leave your comment on the episode on this episode by March 31st to be entered into that drawing. 
So we've got the giveaway for National Quilting Day going on this weekend. We've got the giveaway from Karen Lee Carter going on until March 31st. And I will be, remember, doing some giveaways. I will do them in April because I've got these other ones going on right now to celebrate my two-year podcast anniversary, which is coming up on March 28th. So there are all sorts of presents and gifties flowing over the next few months. It's sort of like a, you know, quilter's holiday going on over here at Quilton for the rest of us. So I just appreciate my listeners that much. Uh, so that's it for this episode. And thank you for joining me once again. And I am now going to let several days pass until I post my next episode, will, which will be another one in the design series with Jay. Until then, you can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow the blog, which is quiltingfortherestofus.blogspot.com, but don't worry about that for now. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads. You can like our Facebook page, Quilting for the Rest of Us. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. You can join the Big Tent Quiltcast supergroup and then join the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup after that. You will also find me on Seamed Up as Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z. Pretty much anywhere you see Sandy Quilts with a Y and a Z, I think it's probably me in cyberspace. You may occasionally run against another one, so you might just want to ask, are you the podcaster? Anyway, uh, you can also subscribe to the Quilting for the Rest of Us newsletter and join the Kiva team, and you will find links for all of that at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. Until then, happy National Quilting Day, and go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 